Welcome to Talk On To Walk On with Michelle Walters, the podcast that celebrates the power of conversation. In each episode, my inspirational guests will share their own stories, recalling times when conversations have led to pivotal moments in their life journey. You will hear about how those conversations and moments of positive self-talk have encouraged and empowered them to walk on to where they are now. The aim of Talk On To Walk On is to inspire us to use words with each other and with ourselves that will change lives. Let's talk on to walk on and see where it leads. Danielle McDermott is a wonderful example of how the toughest of experiences can be turned into the best of experiences when looking through the eyes of positivity. As she was emerging from a number of years when she'd suffered with depression, Danielle will never forget the first day of November in 2018 when she found a small lump in her breast. While she says in her wonderfully titled book, Bold, Brave and Bloody Beautiful, that nothing will ever prepare a woman for a diagnosis of breast cancer, the Danielle you will hear from today is one who has emerged from her experience like a phoenix ready to take on the world. There's a famous quote that her consultant mentions when he talks about Danielle in her book, Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in, in the rain. So let's hear from Danielle and get to know how and why this special woman is determined to walk on into a new life as she rewrites her story. So Danielle, how did it feel when you saw your gorgeous book in print? You know what? Really overwhelming. Even just yeah. when, I, when I received the books, it was just, a, I, I got 10 complimentary copies and I ran to my mum and dad and I was like, oh my God, it's here. And then my dad went, I'm so, oh God, I'll cry again. Ah, so emotional oh, today. I can and I, went, imagine. And he went, I'm so proud of you. And I went, oh, <laughs> And I started crying. The first four pages are just littered with acknowledgements and gratitude. <laughs> from people who have got you to where you are and what, yeah. what struck me was the sense of y- your family which we will definitely come on to because they're the backbone of who you are without a doubt but the community around you Danielle really is a book of real hope and sense of connection and yeah. that's what I got from it what was it that made you write the book when when I was diagnosed I didn't I'm still teary you know so okay when I was um diagnosed I, um, and I was told I was going to have a mastectomy there was no pictures for me to see the breast team said we are trying to get some pictures together but obviously a lot of women are very private and they don't want to show the scars if you like and I was thinking I went to sit into my surgery I'm going to write about this you know when he went through it I went and I'm going to share my, my um, surgery pictures I didn't know at this point what it was going to look like but that's mm. why I wanted to write it I didn't know how I was going to look with no hair, but I knew that I that's what, that was what, that's why I went through cancer, because I was going to write a book and I was going to help people moving forward. So that's why I wrote the book, because I know when you can visualise the pictures of how the, the re- reconstruction's going to be and what you're going to look like with no hair, but you can still look beautiful, put makeup on. I'm more hot and only. Do you know what I did? Because it was freezing with a good balls yeah. in. I normally <laughs> wore my headscarves. But yeah, yeah, it's just about owning you because I think that shows your strength of character and, and it changes you. And once you've been given a diagnosis of cancer, it changes the way you live your life for the rest of your life. What I want to do before we come on to the cancer is talk about that gorgeous family of yours because I think we have to <laughs> acknowledge them. When you oh. talked about growing up in Kirby, you want to four kids, is that right? You're a twin and then there's your mum and dad who've been married. I need to get them on for, for like marriage <laughs> advice. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was forty odd years. I mean, how incredible! Is it uh, Lorraine and Peter? Just yeah, amazing. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to acknowledge them because Thank I get you. emotional now because they're the most important people in our lives, aren't they? Who really yeah. do shape us from the outset, from the beginning. Yeah. And I absolutely, truly believe that your upbringing, with everything added on, and we'll come on to the, you know other things that have happened to you. You haven't had the perfect yeah. life, but you did have what sounds like a perfect childhood yeah. of growing up, having fun in a safe community fun community outgoing everyone connected everybody knowing each other that's why and I love that about the book it's not it isn't just about cancer it's about yeah. you and your life who you are and who shaped you um so I just yeah. wanted to and, and I loved how, what the one thing I loved is you talked about your apprenticeship yeah now then you, you did hairdressing and you were like you went to cut people's hair and you're like I'm not being responsible and he's almost <laughs> ran out of the shop or just went I'm not doing this anymore but again you had wonderful connection with the people who were training you in in is it the cutting cutting garden the cotton gardening cotton garden yeah. yeah yeah we used to have a you know what was one of the best times in my life when I mean you know the girls were just fantastic and we had such a social life as well you know going out and stuff like that and I mean, I was a bit of a party girl when I was younger. I'm not so much now. <laughs> but um, the memories of those ladies are just, you know, the, the precious and I'll hold on to them for the rest of my life. And I'll be forever thankful because whoever's walked in my path, they've shaped me the woman I am today. And that's why I wanted to acknowledge that before we got into the, the backbone of your book, which is obviously the cancer and, you, you know, you're determined to help other women. But I just really did want to acknowledge your family. And we will come back to your mum and dad. They're, they're, they're not being parked just yet. Um, <laughs> before paging, I was thinking, normally I home in on a couple of conversations you've had to walk on. I'm like, Jesus, I could be, we'd be here for days because you've had so many people. You could put a pin in, close your eyes and have a wonderful conversation about at least 30 40 odd people if not more yeah. who've helped you from friends family um you know even your ex you acknowledge I was like fair play doctors nurses consultants admin staff it's just it was just so lovely to read and I just wanted to commend yeah, you for that thank you so much that's like the bit of the family joke they went Danielle <laughs> you know <laughs> all of the acknowledgements you've got in this <laughs> And I went, you know what I'm like? I just can't leave anyone else. <laughs> and yeah. I'd be devastated if someone says, well, I helped them in that. So that's where my head was. And I was thinking, oh, they helped me do this and they've helped me there. And that, you know, and I thought, and I'm like, do you know what? That's just me all over. Like, I just want to thank everyone. <laughs> well, thank you. It's, it's, so, it's so bloody powerful and we don't do it enough, do we? And I bet you yeah. every single person who's picked up that book and seen themselves referred to, you've just made them walk 10 feet tall. Yeah, when they seen the book, they went... I mean it. And I went, oh, yeah. yeah, of course, you've been a big part of my life, you know, and I'm sort yeah. of thankful for that. So I do feel like you need that recognition because you've yeah. done enough for me over the years, especially in my career and stuff as well. I wanted to come back before again, before we get to the cancer. We, um, I know it's important to you to acknowledge that, yes, you're an incredibly confident young woman. Yes, you're a very giving woman. And, you, you know, you're, you're hinting at it today, how you think of other people all the time. Um, but sometimes that can be really overwhelming, can't it? And you talk about in the book about a time when you took a bit of, you took a nosedive, quite a big nosedive in 2013. Because I sort of let the book flop open and one of the first chapters I came across and it really touched me because it was a couple of years after you'd had your daughter yeah. your dad had been poorly so you didn't actually 
say this, but that's what was me reading between the lines is because there's always reasons things build up, don't they, in, in what's always a jigsaw puzzle of your mental health. So just tell me about what happened in, in 2013 and, and how that helped shape you again to take on the next battle, which we will come to in 2018. Yeah, there was a time, um, I can't really go into the reasons for it, there was a really specific reason that I did yeah. have the breakdown, and that was just through the behaviours of others, and that's all I can say on that at the moment, but it broke me, because, mm. because as you said, I am so given, I couldn't understand why people would try and do something to, all I can say is that they tried to destroy my career, that's all I can say, and these were friends of mine. I was absolutely heartbroken by it. Mm. And I fell to the floor. I, I you know, I'd never, I, I didn't even understand depression at that time. And I was sat on the floor. I was uh, prescribed antidepressants. And I uh, just I sat there. How have I come to this in my life? I think it was, oh, what is it when you have a baby? Um, postnatal depression. Postnatal depression. Yeah, I think it was not Holly was two at the time. Yeah, um, but all, obviously I was sort of reading into a lot of things, and my behaviour was changing. And you know, you look back now and you think, who was that girl? You know, that that wasn't Danielle because no, that's not the Danielle everyone knows. But obviously, certain influences have, have impacted in that. And I think kindness does nothing, does it? And I wasn't shown any kindness from certain people, and it was only a very small amount of people. Uh, but I had so much support around me. But you focus on the negatives, don't you? And I really focused on what those people were trying to do to me. I had a lot of support when I was going through it. And obviously, they were trying to destroy my um, my character um, by making lies up and stuff like that. So that was a really, really tough point in my life. And, and I didn't know how I was going to get out of the hell because at one point I was suicidal. I thought, I just want to end it all. Uh, oh, God, I'll get upset. But I had Holly to think about through that. When you, you hit those lows, and I, I've been there too, you know, I've got one child like you yourself, again, that was massively relatable, and they massively do keep you going, don't they? But it, when you spiral, it's just the worst feeling in the world. And There's no way out, is there? But when you're in it, you don't realise <laughs> you're in it. It's not till you look back. Like you say, you look back and you go, was that me? And I think... The key to it all is is really. I mean, you talk about friendships. I mean, that that's hard because friendships are funny things, aren't they? They yeah. you either, you know, you, you, we all put different um, amounts of value on friendships, don't we? As we as yeah. we evolved through our lives, I think it gets easier as we get older. Our friendship groups, I think, very much narrow as we get older. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. You know, it's hard because you, you put massive meaning onto how people behave towards you and and you compare it to how you behave towards them. And, you know, unfortunately, there's just no accounting for why people behave the way they do. It's the most important thing is to focus on you, but it's not easy when you're in the middle of it. And I completely empathise, you know, with that yeah. feeling. It's 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 horrible. Um, but at some point, you, you, you open your eyes and you go, I cannot live like this anymore. I have to do something about it. And I ha if you don't do it for you, you, I know, like me, you'll do it for your daughter and for those yeah. around you. And I know you, you mentioned, like, um, you, you know, your dad and his journaling. I thought that was really interesting for, for a man, yes, particularly of your dad's age, and he's a bloke. And and you said, well, what did you do, Dad? Because he'd been through cancer. And again, I know your family have had a, a quite a bit of cancer in your family. But I just loved that conversation that you had with your dad. 
I, I could just yeah. I could hear him talking to you. He's very matter of fact, very down to earth, isn't he? Real yeah. bloke, scouse yeah. man, proud man. And and he he journals. I was like, and that was that's 20, 10 years ago. He was ahead yeah. of his time. And uh, to be honest, I've looked at my dad and uh, said, Dad, how did you overcome your challenge, your adversity, if you like, your, you know, your health challenges? And he and he said, a goal set. And I went, oh, my God, I am your daughter because that's how I overcome challenges. And, and then with my mum, when she went through ear cancer, and I said to my mum, well, how did you get over it? And my mum went, well, to be fair, Danielle, I didn't lose my hair. I didn't lose my breast. I had a um, hysterectomy because my mum's was cervical cancer. And she said, I just focused. So she was in the middle of an AMSPAR, which is your medical secretary diploma. And she said, I just focused on that. She had four children and she went, I need to get this course finished. She got an exam not long after the surgery and she passed out with flying colours. And I just thought, oh my God, my parents are inspirational and I never knew it. I've always looked up to my parents. But it's just at that moment, looking back at the family history and stuff like that, and you think, God, how lucky am I? to come from mm. such a gorgeous family and our family are very popular around our area and people always have good things to say about the family because just good people who want to help others and um i am do you know what i am i'm really blessed and thankful that i've got that because i don't know where i would have been without them around me to get me through my darkest moments absolutely and you also talk about you know you talk about the gym and you talk about your essential oils and music and even cleaning i was like oh my god i do i clean i get stressed the, you know the cloths come out and the music goes on and it, it but you've got to find those tools in your toolbox haven't it's you? A sense no, of achievement. Yeah. it's a sense of achievement when you clean the house you think wow <laughs> i'm tired i'm exhausted mentally but i've just done that and i go do you know what that's a positive in me day i've just done something without sitting there feeling sorry for myself and we all do it and it's fine mm. to do that because you need your bad moments because that's it you're riding the storm on it that's what i always say you hit the storm and you've got to go through all those emotions in that storm to face the rainbow and then you'll come on feeling a lot happier that's how i you know when i'm going through my challenging times that's how i get through it talking to myself it's just a really bad storm at the moment, but it's going to be okay. And it's funny with the quote you said about the best unit, about Lee Martin, uh, that's what's in there, because I'm just putting that up in my bathroom at the moment. It's actually <laughs> up in mine. Is it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good um, quote though, isn't it? Yeah, learning to dance in the rain, it is. It's, you know, and, and, and it does pass. I think the key with all of this and the, the key learning for me is you've got to make room for the curveballs. Life is about, it is, challenges are going to come. You can't drift through life without challenge. You can't. But it, it does but shape think, you as a person you are, though, doesn't it? Because yeah. as you were saying before, when I hit the depression, there was a reason I went through it. You know, I held on to the hair for seven years and yeah. I got breast cancer seven years later. So I know all the stress I was under, but with, I'll just refer back, sorry, to the um, the breakdown. It took me into becoming a counsellor. So I started doing the training into that. Yeah. So those were the techniques that I needed to learn to face the cancer because it's on the plan for me. And the, the reason that's on the plan is because I'm going forward with it. So I understand why I went through it now. But it's about finding your way. So going through that depression, I thought, right, okay, I had to go through that. That was, was taking me into my educational, you know, to get, uh, gain more qualifications. And I think but things I wouldn't have thought I would have done anyway. You know, oh, I was going to be a counsellor. That was the route I was going down. But it wasn't. I was, wasn't meant to be a counsellor. I was meant to learn those techniques to go through. 
the cancer and then go through the breakdown of the relationship. So I understand mm. now and I went through the cancer to let go of that relationship. So everything does happen for a reason, but you have to yeah. find understanding yourself. And I, I know I found that now and I'm, you know, I'm a lot more at peace with myself than what I've ever been because with the relationship I was in, it was very controlling and, and abusive. I don't even have any hate towards them. You know, I mm. put up with it at the end of the day because I lost confidence in myself. And I felt like I needed him to make me happy, but it's only me that can make me happy, you know? And I think there's a lot of people do that, don't they? We look and think, I need to be with someone because I need to feel loved and I need to feel happy. Well, you've got to love yourself first because how are you expecting anyone else to love you if you don't love you? Absolutely. So I've gone through a journey and it's been quite a rough one, but I'm, I'm underst- I understand it now and it's okay that I've gone through it because I'll have others going through it in the, in the future. And that's how I just look at it all now. I was, I'm that person who's going to be a healer in a different way. And, and that's when it comes back to having <clears throat> gratitude for what's gone on in the past, in a way. It's really healing in itself, isn't it? And you've yeah. got to put you, and I love how you say you've got to put you at the centre of everything. Only you are responsible for you. Yet yeah. you have an incredible support network, and yet you've got to have your boundaries with certain people, haven't you? Um, yeah. But I think as you go through these tough times, you get to know and learn who are within your inner circle. You get to learn know who 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 Danielle is. Um, Life is a lesson or a blessing, isn't it? And these were lessons absolutely. learned. If you don't learn from those lessons, you will make more mistakes and you will learn the hard way. And it's about like being a little bit selfish as well and knowing that it, that you, to, to look after you, you know, and that, that you know, you're again, I, I can feel that how, how giving you are and how sensitive you are and how tough you are. But at the same time, you you know, through all this, you, you've got to learn to, it's, it's a bit of an American cliche term, I think, fill your own cup first, put your own mask on first. You know, only you are responsible for how you're going to feel um, at yeah. the end of the day. And, yeah. you, you know, you've taken those steps and being courageous, but but you've it's because of what you've been through that you've been able to do that, you know. Yeah. And, and what came out of it was, you know, again, you evolved, didn't you, in your career? You were at Aintree, just to give a little bit yeah. of context, with the stroke unit. Yeah. Um, and I think you, I think I read that you were ended up, you know, on the governor's with, at Holly's school with your dad. Is that right? And then yeah. at Aintree, you then went on to, to set up, um, you explain the, the, the room for the relaxation rooms. Yeah, yeah that, that was and, their, the and their families. So that came from that experience, I'm guessing, as well, and your learning. So yeah, look at that ripple effect. I know, it's mad, isn't it? And that, the reason I set that up was because I've had the breakdown. And I thought, God, we've got patients in here that are disabled, some of the, you know, severely disabled. That was such an awful thing to go through and seeing that. On, and, and, you know, it was traumatic as well. Mm. And I thought, you know, you've got families coming in and it creates anxiety anyway, coming into a hospital environment. So I was thinking, what what could we do? There was a room available and I went, you know what, let's make a relaxation room. And, and my uh, friend, uh, Dr. Cullen said, yeah, I'm going to need to do that. And I was like, all dead excited. Oh, I can't wait to do this. We're going to put lights in, you know, just doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> Interior designer. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably on a very tight budget, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. well, I I mean, I did fund it, partly fund it myself. There was already did furniture in. Yeah, so um, that was just the light and the essential oils. Um, just the pictures on the wall and stuff. But it was just a very, it took you out of the clinical setting and that's what I wanted to create. And, you know, th- we have patients who are palliative, so their families were able to have a sleep in that room, put the music on, put the diffuser Lovely. on. And straight away, it does reduce the, the feelings of anxiety and it, and it has a, it does calm the mind and the body and that's what they need at that time. 
I mean, you've clearly got a passion for people, haven't you, Danielle? There's no doubt yeah. about it. And again, that resulted in you being put forward for an award. Is that? Yeah. Tell me about that. So I was awarded Employee of the Year month in 2017 and then I was nominated for Employee of the Year and Innovator of the Year so I won Employee of the Year I was also nominated for Professional le- um, professional Excellence for Life After Stroke as well and um, so I'd had, it was just on such a high unfortunately four days later that's when I was diagnosed with the cancer so my life yeah. changed right around again and, and I've written here you wrote that you went from the sky level high to the depths of despair yeah. And it, again, it's about those curveballs that just come along when you just least expect it. But again, what I thought was so lovely, and I, I'm, I'm using the word lovely, was you, get, you were surrounded by love yeah. instantly because of the place that you'd worked and you'd earned that because yeah. of you, because of who you are. You'd been there a long time, hadn't you? With, and you'd, had, you worked with, with, had you worked with your mum or did your mum just yeah. have to be there? So with your mum as well. So you really yeah. were part of the Aintree Hospital family. Oh, God, yeah. I've got 20 years I've been there and, I've got, and I'm so popular in the hospital as well. I've, I've got so many friends within that, that place. I'm, I am very fortunate and it doesn't matter what level you're at, you know, you'll, I'll still be with a hug. <laughs> You know, even if some people are like, and I'm like, no, come here, get the struggle. I'm Danielle. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it shines and it shows in your story then as well because Thank and you. I'm certainly not taking anything away from what you went through my god whatsoever I mean I, I found lumps I've had biopsies and I know that mind melting moments I've never had cancer my mum has had cancer I've, we've had, I've, been, I've known an awful lot of people I've dear friends my mum Patrick's mum passed away from cancer too many people I mean we'll come on to that so I know that mind melting feeling but I've never been where you are and where so many other women have been in that moment where they say, yes, you have cancer. Tell me about that. Oh, that was the worst feeling ever because that was always a fear I held on to, you know, when I was going through my depression and stuff and if I wasn't well, I'd go, well, I've got cancer. But I think Mm. it was my intuition telling me you know, you need to be checking. So so then obviously before the award, I found the lump. Then by the Tuesday, I was in the breast clinic with the breast secretary. And I was, only t- I was told from my scans, I didn't even have any biopsies at that point. The first scan I had was a ultrasound, to get, um, was the ultrasound, sorry. And um, they called me back in and they said, look, Lucy can be overcautious, but she has seen something which is only small. They weren't worried about the lump at this point, but looked suspicious. And I was just, you know, obviously tearful and stuff. She said it may be nothing, but we need to investigate it further. You'll have to come back in your mammogram. So I went back over to the office. I was just in floods of tears. Got a call off my mum. They're going to fit you in for your mammogram now. Went back over. Had the first mam- mammogram. They went, Danielle, you need to come back in because we need to press harder on the breast. And I was like, right, OK. And it was only my Auntie Linda with me at the, the first mammogram because I said to my mum, don't worry about it, I'll be fine. Anyway, I'll come back out. There's my mum on her face. Oh, God. Her face was white. And I am, um, and my mum and auntie just sat me in between them, and they said, "You're going to be okay." And I went, "I know." Mm. So then, obviously, I went back into the clinical room with Donna, my nurse, and she just said, "Um, she she started, excuse me, started drawing a picture of the best and what it looked like." Mm-hmm. And I just looked, and I went, "I got cancer," and she went, "Yeah," and I went, "Donna, am I going to die?" And she went, "Absolutely not." She grabbed hold of my hands. And um, I'm looking at my mum and my auntie going, I've got cancer. 
and they went, don't worry, we're going to look after you. We'll all get through this together because 18 months prior to my diagnosis, my auntie, my sister, was diagnosed with breast cancer and she lost her breast. And my uncle Terry, I don't know if you've heard Terry McDermott, the Liverpool yeah, legend. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big Liverpool fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. His wife had cancer at the same time as me, Auntie Karen, as well. So mm. um, she had uh, chemotherapy and a lumpectomy. So I was mm. very fortunate enough to be able to speak to them, but they were very personal. They, Karen wouldn't show me a dress because that's, you know, she's very private and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And my Auntie Carol didn't show anyone without a wig. She was very pri- private and very proud, you know. Mm-hmm. They were there as a massive support for me. Go do it. You know, I said to Karen, well, what am I going to look like with no boob? And she said, no, you'll wake up and there'll be something there because they have to put an, in, um, an expander in. And they'll fill that with saline as uh, the weeks go on. So to match the dress that you've lost. So I was like, all right, okay. And I was okay at that point. Then obviously when you're going through the chemotherapy side of it and, you know, you know you're going to lose hair, it was like... <sighs> Oh my god, it's just so much. I've probably gone a bit off thingy there, but not at all, not at all, because <clears throat> it's actually massively educational as well as emotional, Danielle. Yeah. And and that, that's what's so amazing about you is that you are sharing. And I like you absolutely quite rightly said, it's whatever whoever has been through something, it's about choice and about what how they want to deal with it. Like I said, my mum was incredibly private. Yeah. And she didn't want it. She dreaded meeting anybody in the road because yeah. people would instinctively, not meaning it, but, oh, you know, like it was always, you probably know that feeling, oh, yeah. no, oh, you know, the hug. And, and she didn't, she was just, I want to just deal with it in my, my mum's yeah. was bowel cancer, by the way. Um, so, but I was with my mum when she got the diagnosis and... Um, you never like, forget it, it, do you? You never forget it. And I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, talk about rug from under your feet. It feels like you're floating in some sort of... You're normal, yeah. ...cloud. Normal. Yeah. Because yeah. everything just stops. Life almost stops in that moment, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, um, got, and that's what um, I remember. And I just wanted to be so... I just wanted to protect my mum, you know? I just had a baby, yeah. I wanted to protect my mum. And I was like, this is my... I was like, mummy. I was like, it was really weird. I became like a child, like a baby yeah. again. You know, I was a grown woman at the time. And I, like you say, you never forget it. And you just think of uh, the thousands of women who go through this pretty much every day. It is yeah. heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And you're always going to get your sad stories with it as well. And I've sort of to come to terms about that because obviously I've met yeah. a lot of gorgeous people along the way and some have passed over and uh, you know obviously I start going to church now which is spiritual healer who's a friend of mine and I find a lot of comfort in that way now because I understand the spiritual process and not everyone goes for that you know not everyone believes in it but I've found a lot of comfort and it's helped me moving forward people might go that's a bit weird but I do and that's my comfort and I go no it's going to be okay because there's always that fear oh my god you know I could have died and and we all have those fears anyway, don't we? With whatever life throws at us, we're all going to go through certain traumas, you just, as you said earlier on. And I think when you find something that is going to help you through the, the emotional process, then you're going to be okay. Mm. You know, I do still get tearful now because I'm naturally an emotional person. And I think even now I look back at things and I go, oh my God, have I actually gone through all of that? Mm. Um, it, yeah, it can be quite overwhelming and and I think for you what I love about the book we'll just hone in on that you have put the pictures in there you've gone that extra mile and that is you know for a woman who is about to go through or is going through what what an amazing place to start it's massively educational it is emotional but it's also there's this fun and humor in there too and I think that's massively important to acknowledge 
um, because <laughs> you talk about um, losing your hair and you showed me the, the amazing video. I mean, I was so blessed to see that. Very, very privileged. Thank you for sharing that with me. But it was massively, <laughs> it, there was smiles, there was tears, there was emotion, but humour. Tell me a bit about how humour and again, your lovely family, how they, they how that's helped you through. Oh, so when I when I was told I was going to lose my hair, obviously the first chemotherapy, you're told your hair you won't have hair by the time your second chemotherapy comes. You'll start to feel tingling on the head and things like this. And obviously that was my worst fear, thinking, Oh my god, I'm gonna have no hair. What am I gonna look like? And I was constantly in this bubble of fear. And I remember my brother Craig saying to me, He went, Danielle, don't look at yourself in the mirror and go, Oh, I'm losing my hair. And he went, Look and go out the F and I ended up with a bald head. Yeah. And those words <laughs> stuck with me, you know. And yes. I thought, because our Craig, he's just my best mate. He winds me up something rotten, but he's me. <laughs> me like, we're all dead close, but me and our yeah. Craig, we like we love to wind each other up, and then we we yeah. have a little fight, and then we're great again. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big fight. We're just we are. He's just uh, such a gorgeous, gorgeous lad who's full of life, and he's got me through so much of that anyway. Yeah. And um, I remember being on Facetime to my twin sister. I seen a bobble on the floor, and I went, "Oh, I'll just put my hair up and grab the bobble." And I went, "Oh, I've got this." <laughs> and our Haley went. Oh, and now Haley's not emotional at all, you know. And is, that, like, is this your twin? Yeah, twin sister, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's just yeah. went. Oh my god, that's made me so sad. And I thought, God, that must be sad for you to say that, make that oh. comment, because our Haley's harder than me. So with um, <laughs> Craig's words, they were that moment where I was go, where I was okay. I've lost my hair, it's going to go, and I'm going to be all right with it. And I could laugh about it because even when me and Craig would go out for walks, he'd go like, we'd go, or we'd go into like a, a, a pub or something, and um, he'd go, come on, you're getting out. So we'd go out and we'd walk somewhere, and he'd go, what, mate, no baldies, a laugh. <laughs> Get out, baldy. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> what else did we have? I mean, my me, me older brother, Gary, he's got a shaved head. And we like, obviously, because they got, as treatment goes further on, obviously start bulking up a bit, don't you? So more Craig would be like, that here they are, the Mitchell brothers, can't have it <laughs> hardly. So, <laughs> so, so I, I would be in hysterics. And my mum went, you know what? I'm glad you can laugh because, like, yeah. being around Craig makes you laugh, and he does. But, yeah. me, I mean, we're all like we all take the Mickey out of each other. That's I think that's just scout humour anyway, isn't it? And it is. I think that's what's got me through. But certain times in the treatments, especially the first three, it was one every three weeks, the epirubus, and it's called the Red Devil, or known okay. as the Red Devil. And I would feel so poorly from that. So I'd become mm. quite angry at the whales and stuff, and they'd be mm. like that. She had a chemo, lots of <laughs> lots of yeah. for a few days. She's on one. <laughs> 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 oh, that's like so... yeah. He got you out. He got you out as well, Craig, didn't he? he, he, he all the time for your walks and stuff, all nature. So yeah, you know, we amazing. all need that that vitamin N, as they call it. You know, again, just a simple thing that we can all do when we're having. And we should be doing it every day. Yeah. Doubt. But I think if you haven't a shit time, a really tough time, it's just it's a simple important. thing. It's to important get to get out. It is because. Yeah. The chemotherapy causes something called uh, peripheral neuropathy, which is a uh, numbness of the fingers and toes and pain in your hands and feet. And walking was hard, but I, I had to get out just to mm-hmm. give my mind a bit of just enjoyment of life because what are we going to do? Sit there and go, oh, God, I'm cancer. Oh, my God. My, you know, you, all those emotions. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do that. I'm not saying it's not because I did do that myself, but push yourself. 
you know, set yourself a little goal, even if it's just walking down the road, that's fine. At least you've done something. That's your achievement for the day. And that's what I needed to do to get me to where I wanted to be in the future. Yeah, even the smallest steps can make the biggest difference, can't they? Yeah. And I think it's just that question of just getting started. And and you know what? Let, let's uh, give, give Craig a little acknowledgement there for uh, getting your arse in gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is he getting a big head? <laughs> oh, no, I know. Well, he hasn't read the book yet, no, because he's, he's, he's so busy. No, he, he owns Only Fools Bar with his friends and my brother Gary. All of mates are going, if you read it, Machen, and he went, I haven't had a chat. I mean, it's got two uh, kids as well. And um, yeah. he went, you're in it quite a bit, you know, when he went, Can I? I you like me, you're my best mate and you've been there for me. Oh, <laughs> I know, they're just so lovely, that brotherly, sisterly love, it's so nice. In your own family, you've had a lot of cancer, haven't you? Your nan, yeah. your granddad, your mum and your dad. Again, there's been a lot of preparation, hasn't there? And everyone's been through, everyone was able to contribute to helping you. I know my friend Kerry, who she had lymphoma and she talks about how she tried to have one person for each thing, you know, to to say the right thing or Craig for the walks or your mum to say, you know, it's in the bin now. Or She said something along those lines. You've got rid of it now, Danielle, it's gone. Obviously, we've had Sarah Harding, haven't we? And Julia Brab. Bradbury, who's the lady yeah. who does country, is a country file, I think it's called, but she's always out in nature and she's just had a mastectomy and she's yeah. she's been on Twitter and she's opening up. I mean, it really is, it's incredibly sad that it's happening, but what's amazing is that more women are starting to follow your lead, Danielle, you know, and make it relatable. Um, you know, the power of you opening up about your experience and, and what you went through is is immense. You know, this isn't a disease for old older women, you know, and not that yeah. it's, it makes any difference when you get it, but it can hit anybody, can't it, at yeah. any time? I mean, the, the, the stats are, are phenomenal and, and women, are, particularly younger women, aren't checking their breasts, are they? And you've yeah. also become, you've become very educational, you've become very knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, while we're here, I think it's really important to, you know, remind us what is it should we be looking for? How often should we be checking? Oh, so lumps in the breast. Even if you think it's nothing, go and get it checked because I've heard the people who've just left it and left it. And like Sarah Hart, she left hers and it was too late. Um, You can have discharge and bleeding from the nipple area, pain in the nipple area, and then under the arms. You've got to make sure you check under the arms because you can have it in your lymph nodes as well. So you need to be checking for lumps under there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's more any changes in the breast. Yeah, well, that's my auntie had an inverted nipple. That's what she had. Okay, she had lobbly. Yeah, so right. yeah. yeah, the lobbier breast cancer is flat, so you won't get an um, lump with that. So if you're having any discharge or any um where the nipples being inverted, you need to get a checked. Mm. It doesn't always mean it's cancer, and that's the fear. There's like this taboo with cancer, isn't there? And it doesn't mean it's a death sentence. But if you mm. get it early enough, then that can, can save your life. I got mine at stage one. And because yes. I listened to my intuition, I, I kept looking at my left breast. So I held a breast cancer awareness thing with my breast nurses. When I went back to work, I was back in work six weeks post-chemo. And I was like, I'm to these women, do you check your breast? They went, no, I'm too scared. And I said, well, that can potentially mm. save your life. Do you have to yeah. be No, I'm too scared. But this can save your life if you're getting it done. I'm scared. I'm, of course I am. I have that's the same fears as you. Yeah. But me going to get do something about it, I have pre-cancerous cells under the breast. So if I hadn't, I've had, I had that for years as well. I definitely had it for a long time. And if I had have left that, I could have travelled through that. I would have, wouldn't be here now. And mm. I think that's such a strong message to get across. 
just after fear and face it anyway. We all have yes. it. Yeah, I mean, I found my lumps in the shower and I was thinking I was glued to the shower floor for at least five or ten minutes just going, okay, but in, just immediately did go to the doctors and just from a, you know, obviously you have that weight and it, it, it's horrid, but what it was at cysts and they were drained. Um, yeah. So again, you have the mammogram, you have the ultrasound um, and they were cysts and and th- these lumps were big. I mean, they, they were, and that was the other thing. I was really oh. like, oh my God, how long have these been here? You know, all, the, all these m- mad things going around in my head, but blaming myself. So again, I would urge anybody to, and they hadn't been there that long, apparently. So again, there's, there's so many things that you, your mind spins, but you just, sometimes there's an explanation, sometimes there isn't, you know, but yeah, just yeah. the key is to check and to act quickly. Apparently there's like, no one, I don't know how they get the statistics, but 55,000 women and 370 men, by the way, I'm throwing that in, out there too. Oh, yeah, it's important every men. Year. I know, yeah, I know yeah. a man who died of breast cancer, yeah. believe it or not. He probably did check. And uh, Beyonce yeah. Knowles' dad had breast cancer, didn't he? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. no, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, And so, yeah, just check in and, um, you know, and, and get straight to the doctor, like you say, because, you know, I'm an example where it was okay, but I had to go through the, the drain. Yeah, it was uncomfortable, but you know what? You just, like, bring it on at that point. I haven't got it. Yeah. Do what you need to do to me. And I get a bit like with yourself... You did have it, and you. I think I recall that you said something along the lines of "just get it out, just get it off about your breast." I, I you know, a knife and cut it out myself. Uh, yeah. but I yeah. had to wait for the biopsy results as well. So when I, I went to see Lee Martin, the surgeon, he said there's two different type of cancers within the breast. Now the type of cancer I had is the most common cancer. So around 85% of women around the world will be diagnosed with invasive ductal carcinoma. So I was very, very lucky with the type I had as well. So mm. I always hold that with a grateful heart. And I think, you know, obviously there's the as your scary stories, there's ones that are really aggressive and you're you're a higher risk of it returning. But exercise reduces your risk by 40%. Eating a healthy diet reduces it again. Having chemotherapy reduces it. I know women who've not taken chemotherapy with the fear of losing the hair and the cancer's returned. So I think, well, what's a year out of your life? It's hard. I hated it. This is Danielle, hair, makeup. You know, mm. I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want to lose my identity of your life because that's what I, I felt like my whole femininity was being taken away from me. But I'm here to tell the tale. It's okay. That's a, do you know what? That that was my battle scar. My my mastectomy is my battle scar. And I look and go, God, the strength I had to get through that, I didn't even know I had. Could mm. you get through it? This, you know, everyone has that inner strength to move forward. But it's having yeah, the right people around you. Absolutely. But you also went through the reconstruction as well and you went through, you had X frozen, is that right? Because there's fertility yeah. issues that come with that. So you really have been through it, and but you are a shining example. You are have come out the other side and those lessons, not just the mental health lessons and the physical in terms of fitness and nutrition, you know, tell us about how you're taking it forward. Go on, without me stealing so, your thunder. Tell yeah, me. no. So what <laughs> I, I've, you know, as you said, I've got a passion for health and fitness. So what I want to do is train ladies who have overcome cancer treatments and getting them back happy and healthy. It's not even about looking per- perfect because what's perfect, let's define perfect. You know, mm. let's just look at it this and go, no, this is your time to reduce your risk of reoccurrence and exercise. So what I'm going to be setting up is the big sea warriors. So that is um, going to be through just fitness, health and fitness. And just I'll, I'll, I will open my, my own gym in the future, uh, which will probably come sooner. Yeah, so I've got 30 ladies so far and they are my testimonials. And that's not even promoting it at the moment. So I know it's it, this is what I'm meant to do. 
to move mm. forward because I'm going to hear ladies moving forward. A lot of people are going to resonate with that and go, she's been through it. I want to go with her because it's just for cancer patients. It's not for anyone else. I want to mm. help people who've even got cancer or who've had cancer and mm. just get you healthy and fit. And because even though you've been diagnosed with terminal cancer, doesn't mean your life stopped. You can Absolutely. still keep doing what you need to do. Stop writing yourself off. I can't imagine what it'd be like for a terminal cancer diagnosis, but I'd like to think that I'd be like, I'm still here, so I'm going to do yeah. what I need to do, what I am well, doing. Interestingly, I my last the podcast coming out this week. Um, I, we've got Stand Up to Cancer, and October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I've got another Danny, um, Danny uh, Debrabanda, and it, that was a podcast I recorded with him last week. That's coming out, so I we're going to have yeah, Danny, two that. Dannys. We're going to have Danny, the Danny, Danny double act. Yeah. Yay. And what a testament testament he is to that. Isn't he you amazing? Know, he is amazing. And and I really, you know, just between the two of you, I'll be wheeling you both out um, as a double act. So, you know, Danny, Danny de, de, de Brabanda will come Another first one this for week. Yeah. And you. Another one for yeah is um, Dave Bolton and Tom okay. Parker, who was in the Walton. Uh, the, the so I'll have to get um, Dave Bolton in contact with you. That They've would be set amazing. up um, a foundation called The Head of the Game. Now, he's done it with Dominic Matteo, the ex-Liverpool player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but they're difficult to get on your podcast. Well, I'll get in touch with them for you. Yeah, Definitely need them on. Yeah, it'd be great because every single story is a story <clears> that can, <throat> is relatable to someone. It doesn't matter yeah. if it doesn't hit thousands of people. If it hits one person, that, that's the one thing that's keeping me going doing this. And without yeah. a doubt... Each person, the backbone of my podcast is about open up conversation, but the topics we're going off into all different areas. Yeah, you know, well, of this life. is the um, okay. glioblastoma. Four. That's what Dave was diagnosed with. That um, seven years ago, told he had three months to live, and he's now seven wow. years on. So he's helping Tom yeah. Parker and Dominic Matthews had a brain tumor, and they want to help other people move forward. So I really do believe that they they'd be special guests for you because oh. they're, they're inspirational, a lot of them. Thank you so much. Well, well, the thing is with all of this, it's it's the, the research, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I've done direct debit. And again, you know, I know times are hard, but I've done a, a direct debit for years and years and years to cancer research. And it's the science that's going to make the difference. And it is massively making a difference. You know, when people, yeah. Danny was talking about his treatment and I'm sure probably the treatment that you've had and the reconstruction, it all comes from research. And they, um, sadly, it's a sad state of affairs. They can't do it without yeah. donations. So again, I'm just, that's my little call to action. Just if you've oh, ever thought brilliant. about it, it takes two minutes to set up. It doesn't yeah. have to be a massive amount, but by God, does it add up, you know, even just I the know. smallest amount every month. And I put myself down for the London Marathon. <laughs> of course Next you have. <laughs> well, we're going to come on to like... that. And, and yeah, so the future <laughs> for Danny. I mean, you're literally rewriting your story, aren't you? What, you know, yeah. you're a visualisation girl. I can see that, you know, you, you, you believe in the universe and, and energy and everything that's happened to you has happened to you for a reason. When you close your eyes, what do you see? Oh, I'm going to close my eyes now and what I see. I see myself with a franchise of Big C Warrior Gyms and I'm going to help so many ladies who've overcome cancer or who are going through cancer, build their confidence, build that mental strength, resilience and just find their own happiness because I think as a mom, sorry, I was closing my eyes, I think you lose yourself as a you lose yourself as a parent, as a as a um, as a partner, 
as a friend, you give so much yourself to other people, but what do you want to do for you? And that's what I want to help people do. Find you and find your own happiness because it took me to get cancer to do that. And mm. it probably will take a lot of other people to make those changes um, that, that's needed because we all think that we're untouchable. And I think mm. the moment I was diagnosed, people were like, oh my God, you know, we're not untouchable because you've been diagnosed. That's the last because you're such a big care. character as well, Danielle. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's part that, you know, again, <laughs> nothing to take anything away from anyone else who's had it. But when it's a, a character like yourself or Sarah Harding or Julia, you know, people who are, are popular, who are seen as strong, formidable women, yeah. it does strike home. It does make people go sit up and listen again, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you're, I love the fact that you're using that platform, that your popularity platform to do something with it, as well yeah. as for you. I think you're doing it for yeah. you too, aren't you? I that's am. That's really important. Yeah. It is. It's, it's for my own healing as well, because I, yeah. when I got told that exercise reduces your risk by 40%, I thought... I'll go to the gym. That's what I need to do. I need to exercise. I'm not saying it'll stop it, but um, when I had something called an oncotype score. So if you've been diagnosed with estrogen fed breast cancer, your breast tissue, once they've done the mastectomy, goes to, or the lumpectomy will go to um, Texas. And then they analyze that and look at what, what the risk is of that coming back. So out of 100, my, mine's come back at 35. So I thought, mm. well, if my um, cancer... If I exercise, I'm stopping my cancer altogether because I was 35%. Exercise reduces um, your risk by 40%. So mine's mm. stopped straight away. And that's how I look at it. So that gives me the comfort to go, I'm going to be all right. I've done, Absolutely. you know, eating a healthy diet. Well, that's reducing the risk again. I've had chemotherapy. That's reducing my risk again. I'm on tamoxifen, which puts a coating around the estrogen cells. I've stopped my risk again. And I had the most common type of cancer. So I just think... I'm going to be all right. I need to do exercise. There's ladies who are at, a, I think, 85% risk of, of you know, part of my, uh, the big sea warriors. They're like 85% risk of it retaining. Well, I could be reducing that to 45%. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that that's how I think of it. And we've we've been out for a walk, uh, me and the girls, and they're like, do you know what made up you've done this? It's just being around people who've been through it. And you can, but I don't want it to be a support group as let's all talk about your feelings, your thoughts. You can do that for a little bit, but I don't want you going out to the gym mm. feeling sad. I want you bouncing out there going, <laughs> I feel boss. What am I going to do tomorrow with my day? I want it to be just happy and healthy. Let's just, yeah. you've, there's plenty of support groups out there for people. If you want to have a good cry and talk about it, then you do that in that in a, in a different time because I want you to be in a positive moment when you're mm. with me. Not in the feeling walking out going, oh God, I feel awful. I've had a call this morning with my. I can't imagine anybody crying around you, Danielle. It's only tears of laughter. Only tears of laughter with you, lovely. My my family go like that, you know, someone's down and they go, ah, Danielle's going to have them crying because I go, you're all right. Are you sure? Are you going to cry? And they're like, Danielle, will you leave me alone? And I'm going, I'm sorry. I just care. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have a good old cry, but it's like you've got. Like you say, you need Danielle's around you to get you out of that um, that that moment and, and lift your spirits. And without a doubt, I actually looked up the word warrior. I mean, look when I say looked it up, this was a quote for warriors. I don't know if you've seen this. Okay. Remind yourself of what you've been able to overcome. All the times you felt like you weren't going to make it through, you proved yourself wrong. You're more powerful than you think. So I'll send that to you. Please, I was just going to say send it. Over. Yeah, it literally says warrior. Oh, there you go. 
see, do you know in the spiritual world, I'm known as the Bodhisattva. So I'm the, I'm the warrior <laughs> queen who's going to take Look people. like her as well. I said it to me dad, you know when my dad went, because he's not spiritually went, you are. And I went, I'm the Bodhisattva, dad. I went, I've been told in the spirits. <laughs> and he started laughing and I went, like, come on. I went, what are you laughing at me for? I said, I don't believe in it. And he went, <laughs> and he went, leave it alone, Peter. But me, oh, <laughs> me dad he's just a gorgeous man. In terms of advice to young Danielle, I mean, I know you look back, you had a wonderful young life. But if you were going to chat, sit her down at 18, what would you say to her? Follow your dreams at, at that age. Don't wait for something bad to happen to start following. But, I, you know, I think... 18-year-old Danielle was a wild party girl and just loved life. And I, mm. um, that got taken away from me with the choices I'd made. So it's choose your choices wisely as well. But unfortunately, you can't put an old head on young shoulders because mm. you have to have you have to go through these adverse times and you know, le- le- learn your lessons that are being thrown at you. But that has shaped me as the person I am today. So I, I am thankful for the things I've faced and I, I'm a new Danielle emerging. And it's, yeah, it's an exciting one. It's rewriting your story, isn't it? Yeah. My whole life's flipped upside down. through yeah. kind of, um, From 2013, I was having such a tough time and then I felt mm. like it was getting better and it didn't uh, because obviously I had the cancer and I've just gone, whoa, it's okay. What am I not happy with? And I am changing everything in my life, even from leaving the relationship and finding me and being happy with me because I know right now I'm not for a relationship I am for taking the big sea warriors forward and that's what I need to be focused on I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that you're going to smash it and fulfil every single thing that you want yeah. to achieve Danielle um, you know you really are I keep saying this shining light and that's how I keep describing you and you really are going places I can't wait to watch your journey Thank you, um, and, and you've gone from fear and uncertainty to conquering the world you know yeah. I, I, it's just I know I'm like phenomenal. Get me worldwide. it's got to be out there it has got to be out there. And and what's so important is that you're giving people hope and hope with the book. And that, yeah. that's I know that's what you wanted to achieve. It's definitely helped you from a catharsic perspective. It's definitely helped put um the shining light on your beautiful family and everybody who helped you. Oh, um nice. and, and also the most important thing is that you're helping people through the toughest of times by yeah. being so relatable. Um, yes. And, you know, again, you say, I'm not a writer, I'm a communicator. Yet you are absolutely both, without a doubt. Really? Abs- oh, God, Aww. absolutely. I was literally Thank like you. this. Flicking. Oh. It was just so lovely. It's an it was, easy read, though, isn't it? That's it's, what it's you want. It's a beautiful read. It's a beautiful read. Danielle, thank you so, so thank much. You. <laughs> Honestly, walk on, love. Um, oh, you are going to really are walk on through the rain. And it really is the, the song for you, isn't it? I mean, I know I can say that I to you. I listen to that. <laughs> I, well, yeah, me too. Me too, every every time. And it was one of the reasons I, I, I stole it, really, for the, for the podcast, because it was it's about community. It's about hope. It's about, yeah, obviously... The the LFC connotation but you know this this is so much more than that and and that's the importance of opening up and conversation communication connection and and you are really are the epitome of it so I can't thank you enough thanks Danielle best of luck it's been brilliant The simple yet powerful art of conversation and communication should never be underestimated. And I would love to hear your thoughts and feedback, either via the contact form on my website, talkontowalkon.com, 
or on my Instagram at michellewalters underscore. Also, I'd be thrilled if you could help the Power of Conversation message to reach as many people as possible to help achieve this dream and so that you never miss an episode of Talk On To Walk On, please rate, review and subscribe, remembering that the simplest act can have the largest impact.